0: hello folks and welcome to the a to z sports big orange podcast i'm sorry that is zach reagan wherever you listen throughout the world we thank you so much for listening to us Zach and I talk everything balls every week here on the Big Orange Podcast. If that's something you want to listen to on the reg, go over to the A to Z Sports Podcast Network feed on Apple or Spotify. When you get there, rate, review, but most importantly, subscribe. And if you do subscribe, you won't miss our shows when we drop them on Mondays. And speaking of Mondays, we are back this week after some weird schedules the last couple of weeks. 7 p.m. Eastern Time on Monday night. We are live on YouTube on the A to Z Sports and YouTube channel. Subscribe. Hit that notification bell. If you hit the notification bell, you will be able to join us and comment like Papa Jay did here already. And you can be a part of the show because we'd love to interact with everybody, read your comments, go back and forth. It's a ton of fun. and uh, And you can essentially be the third host of the show. Uh, at charlie underscore burris at zach dnt at a to z sports facebook.com slash a to z sports and a to z sports.com for everything that zach writes on the internet zach and at this point craig yeah you and craig both freaking chugging at content machines chugging out that sweet sweet content
1: we should all uh, have a to pick with craig by the way because he lived he went to tennessee during the glory years like what night 97 through 2000 so
0: nah. Uh, how do you get that gig? I guess you just you have to be born at the right time, and you gotta live through that. But I technically I was in Knoxville. I mean, I I did live through it, and well, in Knoxville. But uh, regardless, go over there, read their stuff. What's up, Zach?
1: How are you doing after that uh, Super Bowl last night? I think you uh, took it kind of hard. You were you were ready to see Mahomes go down it's, for once I, and it just did not happen.
0: I can't stand the chiefs. Cause I'm just, it, this is everybody. I, I get tired. I'm a, I'm a hater. What can I say? I, I'm, you know, hater, hater players ball. I I'm an a one a hater. If you are super dominant in a sport, I get bored with you. I am done with you, especially if you have all this bravado and nonsense that comes along with the chiefs. I don't even really care about the Taylor Swift thing that much. I mean, it's a little annoying, but at the end of the day, it's a cute story for all of our wives uh and so who cares but the chiefs are so go away go away it's over it's like with alabama football for all these just go away we're all done just freaking stop it because we need something else we need new blood in this sport you need Jawan jennings to carry the team to a super bowl i'm mad that he didn't get it but anyway (laughs) we'll talk about that in a second Because there's there's more to talk about with that. We got a, a nice little load, a, a, a sneakily loaded show tonight uh on the podcast. I'm gonna be talking a little bit about uh basketball came out in Reed Arena and College Station and just did they even get off the bus? I'm I'm not really sure. We're gonna talk about should you should you be worried? Is it a nothing burger? Uh we're gonna talk about a, a little. Uh statement well a little statement it was a big statement that Josh Heupel made uh in lawsuit um and and basically coming out in full support of NIL and and paying players essentially and we're going to talk about that a recruiting win for for Tennessee in the class of 2025 we will finish with uh, a little bit of super bowl oh and and uh, potentially it's a coaching search right for Tennessee we'll discuss it all Uh, In just a second, right after I tell you about our first great sponsor, and that is Farm Bureau Health Plans. Farm Bureau Health Plans have been serving Tennesseans for over 75 years. Much has changed in Tennessee over the years, but some have stayed the same. Farm Bureau has always valued personal relationships, especially when it comes to good health and good service. Plan on Farm Bureau Health Plans. For health, dental, and vision, for better coverage, better rates, and better service, go to fbhp.com slash ATOZ or walk into one of their 200-plus locations across the state. That is fbhp.com slash ATOZ, Farm Bureau Health Plan. Shout out to them for supporting the show. All right. So let's get just quickly, this might be the, the quickest segment of this entire show, for being honest, but let's start with a little bit of basketball. Tennessee goes on Saturday and I, I didn't say this publicly because people for years at this point have ragged on me for being negative And I just don't really care anymore um, to, to put that out on Twitter and have people, Oh, you, do you even enjoy Tennessee sports? Are you? Yes. I enjoy Tennessee sports. I love Tennessee sports. I say the things that I say because I love Tennessee sports. I want them to succeed and not stink. That's why I say these things, but I just had this feeling about this game. Like Tennessee is really flying high and it's going really well. You had an opportunity this weekend. Auburn goes out there, gets their teeth absolutely kicked in. Um, And then at Alabama still hanging on South Carolina, still hanging on at the top of the league. You really could have capitalized on this game at Texas A&M, gotten a really quality win. Texas A&M is kind of middling right now in the SEC. Um, and, and it was just a real opportunity to go out, show who you, who you really are, put your foot down and, and, you know, stay in that top spot in the sec. And that is not what the, what the boys went out there and did. Uh, in fact, the exact opposite at one point, uh, I, I did tweet this much out. I think Tennessee had scored 32 points in 28 minutes of play or some, something absolutely horrific like that it was just a, a complete melt i mean meltdown is the word that i used in the in the title for this show um everybody stunk, stunk out loud it was a complete embarrassment and it was really terrible but is this should you know are we hitting the panic button well i'll i'll throw it to you first zach what did you think of this game
1: yeah, i thought it was more of a not so much a meltdown, but like the perfect storm of, you know, Tennessee's kind of riding high. You've come off a couple big wins. You, you seemingly avoided the hangover with that LSU game, you know, that was never really competitive. Unlike, you know, your counterpart, I think I look at UNC as they're kind of in a similar spot record wise, ranking wise. They came off a big win and lost to Clemson. Felt like Tennessee avoided that. I'm like, okay, like that's, you know, you're doing better than those guys. You kind of had your letdown this week, you know, against Texas A&M in College Station, tough place to play. You you alluded to it. You kind of said in a group text with us, like this is this is not going to be an easy game for Tennessee. Not feeling good about this. It seemed to me like the perfect storm, just the situation coming off those big wins. Texas AM is not really a great shooting team at all. Like if they were, they'd be much better than they are. That's kind of their bugaboo there. And they weren't they just weren't missing. I mean, I think they whatever they average on the season, like six, seven threes a game, they hit that pretty pretty early in the first half. It seemed like uh, I believe Wade just,
0: T- Wade Taylor alone dropped in five in, yeah. the, in the first half. So, just in the first half.
1: It just felt like the perfect storm. Like the game you know, Texas a and plays. They kind of slow things down. They muddy it up. They they don't turn the ball over at all. They don't really give you extra opportunities. So if you're not hitting shots, which Tennessee really wasn't, Ziegler was what, like one of eight or something. Not not good. And then A and M is hitting shots. It was just the perfect storm for that type of game to happen. And you know, obviously that's a possibility with this team. Like we've seen it a couple of times now, Mississippi State. Uh, South Carolina, which you know South Carolina is better than I think we all realized they were early in the season, not the type of game you can afford in the tournament, but they're not alone in that. like we talked about with UNC a second ago, there are several teams kind of in that range. So no Tennessee's not the elite front runner going into the tournament here, no matter what happens and, and look, Tennessee finishes the regular season with a pretty brutal stretch. I think it's South Carolina, Alabama, Kentucky, I think is the way they finish. And there's a couple of road games there, you know, with, with South Carolina, Alabama. It's a pretty tough stretch. I think you still have to go to Arkansas. They're probably going to drop another game or two going into the tournament. But they're still one of the teams that has the talent to win the championship. They're still one of the teams that has the talent to go on a run. You still have Dalton Connect, who I feel like is going to play his best basketball on the biggest stage, which is the NCAA tournament. I think several i think Ziegler will, will be in that category as well i think they'll feed off of of connects energy so no it's not like okay this is you know championship or bust type team it's just not like that's just not where they are we've seen that already but at the same time like they still have they're still perfectly capable of going to the final four of you know, once you get to the final four anything can happen there's no you lose you lose it just is what it is like somebody has to win somebody has to lose type deal but yeah, I think they're still in a good spot where they can go win, but they're not. It's not championship or buzz. They're not the front runners. That's just the reality of it, really.
0: Yeah, I am pretty much in agreement with all of that. I guess I I didn't finish that thought. You know, a lot of people accuse me of being negative, and and I, as you were saying there before that game, I had said this just feels like a loss. I I don't know what it is but this just doesn't bode well for Tennessee because Texas A&M, I believe that I know they're the number one offensive rebounding team in the SEC, maybe America, not totally sure. And that showed without a doubt, that was brutal. And Tennessee's offensive rebounding against LSU was terrible. They, they gave up 18 offensive rebounds to LSU. I mean, just abysmal there. Although, you know, Tennessee walked away with a hefty win there, 20 point win, but still, that's not good. And it's been a weakness for this team all year. They also over pursue on defense. They leave guys wide open for three. Well, you leave Wade Taylor open for three. He's going to make a bunch of threes on you. He's, he's probably right up there as one of the best shooters in the SEC. And, and so, yeah, it, as you said, perfect storm. It, it was just everything all at once road game and a trap spot uh, against a team. That's a really good. Offensive rebounding team. You know, you play them at home. It's probably a win for Tennessee. Um, it, well I say that that's if you play like you did against South Carolina at home you're gonna lose to anybody but it it was just really terrible with that said no I'm, I'm not hitting any kind of a panic button I'm, I'm not going over the edge this team is really really good we've all seen it when they play at the top end of their ability they are easily one of the best teams in America they are a final four level team they just have to go out there and do it consistently and that's that's always been the contention with rick barnes going out there and doing it every time because the great teams they they don't lay these stinkers at least they don't lay these stinkers in big moments this is not a huge moment um thankfully but i i will say you know an, an sec title is on the line essentially and i think you're pretty close to being out of contention for that because you to stay in contention, you will have to win at Arkansas, at South Carolina, at Alabama. And I will say, at South Carolina and at Alabama right now, big freaking fat chance. I don't think that either of those are a win right now. Not, again, not to be negative, not to be negative, but let's be realistic here. Tuscaloosa has been an absolute house of horrors for Rick Barnes. And then South Carolina, for some reason, has everybody's number right now. So I don't know what's going on there, but I I think in unless they can figure out that consistency piece. It's not a regular season championship for this team, but you're right there for, for an sec tournament title. And, and obviously I think you're good enough to make a run to a final four. So I'm, Hey, this team is uber talented, super senior, you know, tons of old guys that are really wily and, and solid players. And just, you know, just get, don't do that. <laughs> don't play like that. Stop it. Stop playing like that for the rest of the season. That's all I ask. Don't do that again. <laughs> is that too much to ask, Zach?
1: Seriously. No, I mean, hey, ultimately, you just everybody needs a month of playing their best basketball. Everybody is shooting for that from from March, uh, you know, to the to the first of April. And Tennessee is capable of, you know, when they play their best basketball, competing with anyone so everybody's kind of in that same situation and yeah you want the regular season sec title that would be great you want an sec tournament title but ultimately every everyone's in that same boat of can we do it for a march you know when march madness begins that that three four week stretch that's when you got to play your best and if tennessee does that they can be right there you know with with, with in the final four like you said and have a chance to win this thing. They just got to put us together together. Then it, it, it sucks to see these losses now because you, you kind of want to ride that high and have some fun and, and, and see them go win a regular season championship win another sec tournament, which is, you know, still in play, of course. But like I said, it's, it's all about that, that three, four week stretch in March, play your best basketball then. And nobody's going to care about losing the AM in February. No.
0: Yeah. Everybody remembers that sec title. Everybody remembers, that national championship title that final four run that's that's the stuff that'll really go into record books and so yeah just get your head right by then and we'll be all right uh papa j here he says tennessee couldn't even shoot themselves in the foot very well done sir uh jen jared said i hope we peak at the right time that's it youth that's college basketball Uh, although I would really like a regular season title. I I was covering the team the last time Tennessee did that with Grant Williams, and it's just a lot of fun. You get to cut down the nets in Thompson Bowling Arena. Well, is the last game of the season on the road this year?
1: No, it's Kentucky, I think. Okay, so
0: you could beat Kentucky, cut down the nets in Thompson Bowling Arena. I mean, it would be sweet, but, you know, let's let's just see. I, I would say Tennessee can win all those games. The ability is 100% there. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But just, you know,
1: plenty of times when we doubt Rick Barnes led team, they end up pulling out some crazy 15, (laughs) 20 point road win. Like, you know, so I I wouldn't rule that out either.
0: Yeah. Just go and do that. Like I said, just go and do it in every single game for the rest of the season. That's all I ask. All right. (laughs) Now let's turn to uh, a little bit of football, talk about uh it's coaching moves for Tennessee let's talk a little recruiting and talk about Josh Heupel publicly coming out and saying that he supports NIL it's really awesome but we'll talk about it uh right after I tell you about better help if you are a Tennessee fan like myself or Zach you know how many years the big orange have shaved off your life with the emotional roller coaster of college sports or maybe the roller coaster of life Is messing with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? Regardless, if you have a clinical mental health issue like depression or anxiety, or if you're just a human being going through a hard time, therapy can give you the tools you need to approach your life in a different way. And that's where BetterHelp comes into play. BetterHelp's mission is to make therapy more affordable and more accessible. And it's an important mission because finding a therapist can be hard, especially when you're limited to just the options in your area. BetterHelp's platform makes finding a therapist easier because it is online and remote, and BetterHelp can match you to a professional therapist in as little as a few days. Plus, with our link, betterhelp.com slash ATOZsports, you get 10% off your first month. See a therapist because maintaining your mental health is just as important as maintaining your physical health. This football season, check out betterhelp.com slash ATOZsports and save 10% on your first month. BetterHelp. Big thanks to them. Let's start. Uh, well, yeah, let's start here with Josh Heupel and, and the lawsuit. Because here's here's the deal with the lawsuit. The decision on the injunction is coming uh, Tuesday. Oh, <laughs> there's the, the bowl game. I put up the wrong graphic. <laughs> Tennessee 35, Iowa 0. Um, but uh, Josh Heipel connected his name directly to this lawsuit. Came out and was in full support of obviously NIL and of, of in support of the fact that he did not break any rules. First of all, because there are no rules for NIL at the NCAA. their are guidelines at best, and those guidelines are nonsense and illegal. Um, but what I'll I'll just have you ex- explain it out, Zach, because you actually wrote about this on ADZ What it what exactly happened with Hybal?
1: Yeah, I mean he basically you know they, they kind of added this this memo notation to the lawsuit with with remarks from Hypel and I don't I don't know how much it helps the actual lawsuit. I'm not a lawyer. we've went over that before, but it's just kind of a nice public show of support from Josh Heipel. and if anything it sends a message to recruits you know you you hear all this stuff about Nil. we've heard. So many coaches, all they do is complain about it. And I've never really understood that because it's not changing. It's going to be more NIL, if anything. Embrace it. Uh, Josh Heupel's never once complained about NIL. He's talked about his days as a player, how he wishes, you know, it would have been something that he could have done at that point. Because Heupel has a unique kind of angle on this, right? Like, he was a star player in college if you grew up in that area you you kind of knew who josh hypo was even if you weren't in the oklahoma area just because he was in the heisman race he won a national championship the only one oklahoma's won in the past however many years you know only one since 2000 especially kind of brought that program back after some some tough years and he never made it in the nfl you know he he got drafted late uh kind of had a cup of coffee with the Dolphins and the Packers got hurt didn't have the great arm strength he never got to capitalize on any sort of monetary benefit from playing football right like back then you weren't able to get paid you might get a few under the table deals but nothing major nothing like the NIL deals now he didn't get a big NFL contract at all so he's one of the types of players that could have I mean, benefited in a huge way from NIL. He would have made a ton of money from NIL during his time at Oklahoma. So it's no surprise that he's very much in favor of these players being able to negotiate deals as recruits. And that's kind of what he came out in in that note that he wrote that, that's attached to the lawsuit now is he wants these recruits to be able to negotiate and to get these NIL deals to sign with a school because it might be the only time they get to do it it might be the only time they get to capitalize off of their athletic abilities. Uh, injuries, just how hard it is to make it in the NFL. I mean, those are all factors that most of these college players aren't going to get that big money. So they get a chance to to earn some income off of that. And also, as he pretty much flat out stated, and I can't remember his exact wording, but he basically said if, if Tennessee was uh, able to kind of go down this road with NIL, they'd be even better in recruiting. They'd be able to bring even more talent to Tennessee because of the resources that Tennessee has, because of the NIL resources that these collectives, the money that they're able to raise from the fan base and from boosters and from alumni and people that just you know want to see the program do well. They're right there with anybody when it comes to being able to pay players. But it's just, it's just so tough to do it. And, and Tennessee clearly despite this investigation is doing things the right way. They're not negotiating these deals necessarily before they sign. They're kind of putting it in that gray area where it's like, okay, you sign these guys will take care of you. We can't have any part of that. They've dotted their eyes, crossed their T's for lack of a better term. They're doing things the right way, but if they could just go straight up negotiate with players, who knows? Maybe some of these battles, that we've seen Tennessee lose where we're like, well, why didn't they just like, like uh, Jordan Seton, maybe with Colorado, who knows the full story there, but maybe if they're able to negotiate with that guy in the way that maybe Colorado is. And I'm not accusing Colorado of that, but if they could just kind of free market it, maybe he ends up at Tennessee. I mean, that's regardless of what you think about his recruitment, that could be the difference in a championship and not, I mean, it's a, a top talent. So you know, hyper coming out in favor of this, I feel like, is only a good thing. It's only going to make Tennessee a more desirable re- place for top recruits. It's kind of sending a message like, we want to take care of you. Uh, no matter what happens with the NCAA, no matter how we have to proceed in this new world, we want to take care of you when you get here. And that that was my biggest takeaway. Is It's, it's a huge positive. Instead of guys like Lane Kiffin and Jimbo Fisher and Dabo Sweeney and a lot of these guys that just spend time – complaining about nil and, and what it's done to the sport and the extra workload he's taking a more positive approach Just why not i mean complaining about it won't change it one bit so why not be a guy that embraces it for what it is
0: as i've said through this entire process of the lawsuit so far it all just kind of feels like a dream to me because I hate the NCAA so much. I, I despise everything that they stand for and I want them disbanded in full um, to have Tennessee's head football coach come out and publicly support paying players and and giving these guys the market value that they've always deserved, at least since you know the sport started making millions and millions and now billions of dollars every year. Uh, it's incredible. It's unbelievable. It's, it's, it is a dream to, to me. And then you add on top of that. Yes. I, I think this is helpful to recruiting. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's a very real element to this as to that one, you know, one of the reasons why Josh Heipel did this is to make a public statement and go, yeah, Come on down to Tennessee because you know you're gonna get monetary support here. You know that we're gonna be all about getting you your money, your market value, getting your image out there, getting, you know, was it uh what did what a butch always call it? Uh, he, he would tell guys, your brand. Come come build your brand to <laughs> Tennessee. As cringy as that might be. Uh, you know, it it really is is real. Like Nico is a brand he has very literally, I mean, he has a, uh, clothing line that I, I get advertised to me on Instagram kind of constantly now. Uh, I'm sure that's part of his NIL deal. Uh, and so it's, this is serious, serious business. And the NCAA obviously sticking their stupid paws into absolutely everything, uh, takes away money from these guys that, that deserve it. It's, just ridiculous and to have hypo coming out and making a statement like this is just insanely awesome i i love it and it it kind of flew under the radar but i i think it's a really big deal at the end of the day and so it's it's great that's really all i have to say about it there, it doesn't run a whole lot deeper than that because frankly the the big day is tomorrow with the injunction um uh, you know, Tennessee has obviously throughout this past week continued to lay out their case as to why there's there's irreparable damage being done here and why NCAA rules should immediately be deemed illegal. Um, I get I get a feeling if I had to predict right now, I think it's going to get denied. Um, I I don't think Tennessee will be granted the injunction, but I I'll kind of like I'll keep my expectations low and, and hope that they come through. Cause it just feels like this is one Tennessee is going to have to go through the entire process win on the merits of the Sherman act, all that stuff that judge mentioned in the statement that he made when he denied the temporary restraining order. Um, but you know, in, in the meantime, having, having your head football coach come out and, and add his name in there and, and publicly support NIL is, is incredible. Uh, so there's there's that, and and I'll say watch out for the rest of this week. Whatever decision is made, uh, I want to say Wednesday. Wednesday, Zach and I will be back on here uh, to give our quick reaction, and so look out for that probably Wednesday p.m. at the latest Thursday morning. Uh, it, it should be posted here, and we'll give our reaction to whatever decision is made there in the lawsuit. With that said, now Tennessee has a coaching change on this staff and and it's one that you're seeing more and more often in college sports is guys going to the NFL and Jerry Mack running backs coach for Tennessee who has who's really I mean the running backs during Josh Heupel's tenure have been really good I obviously we saw it this past year Jalen Wright absolute dog Jabari Small has been great Dylan Sampson we all know um and he is headed to the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, to go be their running running backs coach, taking the same job in the NFL. And this always, we don't necessarily have to go into this, but this always makes a ton of sense to me when guys make this jump. There's no recruiting. It's, it's basically half the job for a lot of the time, more pay. And it, college football is a, a job that just beats you over the head. Uh, with the schedule and everything that you have to do to recruit and, and re recruit the players that are on your actual team and then actually coach the team and do everything that you have to do with it. It, it makes so much sense when guys jump to the NFL, congratulations to Jerry Mack on that position. That's cool. Um, And now Tennessee has an open spot on the staff. Uh, Just your, your quick thoughts on, on Mack making this move.
1: I mean, it's, you can't blame the guy. Uh, I don't know that Jacksonville is the most desirable place to live. (laughs) It's in Florida, I guess, but it's not the, you know, it's not, it's not a little bit warmer, maybe. Yeah. I I think it comes down to workload and, and the amount of time you're able to spend with family. I mean, I totally get that. 100%. You just get to go coach football. You don't have to worry about calling recruits and negotiating NIL deals and flying across the country in January to go see that guys, you know, you can kind of chill at home. And spend time with your family. It's, it's an easy decision. I think if it's an opportunity there and, and honestly with Jerry Mack, he did an interview with Volquist and it sounded like he was a bit conflicted about leaving because of what they built at Tennessee. And that's, that's a huge testament to the culture and being in the building. It sounds like people like working at Tennessee, which this is, I think only the third coach, that Hyples had to replace in three years. I mean, we remember all of the turnover from the Jeremy Pruitt era. It, I mean, it was constant. I mean, in season, it was just a mess and you don't have that at all. The, the three coaches that have left now, you know, Cody Burns left for the NFL. He kind of saw what was coming. I guess got an opportunity. Alex Golish left to become a head coach done really well. led, led his new program to a bowl win. And and now Jerry Matt going to his first NFL job. So, you know, just just kind of one of the realities of of trying to manage a college football staff in 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 these times. I think it's an opportunity for for Tennessee to go out and then try to hire a good recruiter. Jerry Madge was kind of one of the unknowns. He, he he hadn't worked with Heifel before. We didn't know how that would work. Obviously, he's done tremendously well. That running back room has been tremendous. You've kept it intact. You've kept, kept Dylan Sampson on campus. You had Jalen Wright, you know, one of the best seasons since uh, since Jalen Hurd in 2015 this past season. you know, he, he did his job really well. So there are big shoes to fill. And it's an important role. Uh, I, I think it will probably be an outside hire. I don't think there's anybody internal that really makes a lot of sense. And, and Heupel prefers to go internal. But he might have to go outside from this one, which... Clearly Jerry Mack wasn't a guy he'd worked with before he's hired people from outside when he was at UCF, Alex Golish, you know, wasn't a guy that he'd worked with before. I would, I would like to see, I think my ideal hire would be Anthony Jones, the TCU running backs coach. I don't know if he'll really get involved or not. He's from Memphis coached to Memphis coached high school in Memphis. Uh, You know, that, that's a huge, recruiting area for Tennessee that they really need to kind of own, and especially with Lane, uh, Lane Kiffin there at Ole Miss, kind of in the area. Played college football at Chattanooga. He's coached under Sonny Dight, so he's familiar with the Air Raid system, which I know that's not what Hypo runs, but there's some similarities where it's kind of a different type of style. He understands kind of how that system works. I think it'd be a seamless fit. I, I think he'd make a lot of sense. I feel like somebody like Matt Merritt might end up being – a likely choice. He, he he was at Tennessee as an analyst. Hypo initially hired him to be the running backs coach at UCF in 2021 before he landed at Tennessee. He came as an analyst. Uh, ended up coaching at USF this past season. Just got hired at Miami. Don't, don't know if that's necessarily a roadblock to hiring him. We're seeing guys make switches all the time. And Craig Fitzgerald, the old Tennessee strength and conditioning coach, for example, was hired by Florida. Five weeks ago, and he just left for Boston College. Boston College, you know, kind of <laughs> school, but a powerhouse. Yeah, in the middle, like the most important time for a strength and conditioning coach. This is kind of when they have control of the team, and and he left Florida. That's kind of a haha Florida thing, I guess. But it's just an example of like you you see these kind of things happen, right? Like Alabama's new offensive coordinator off to the NFL already. You know, after being at Alabama for a couple of weeks, so you can go get a guy like Matt Meredith, you know, he would make sense since he kind of has some experience that would almost be like, you know, a promotion of sorts. So there, there's some decent options out there I think for Heupel. And at this point you, you just kind of have to trust that he's going to make a pretty solid hire. I wouldn't look for like uh Jay Graham, Montario Hardesty, the former Vol type guys like they they their former Vols. That's the only reason they make sense. I mean, South Carolina fans wanted Hardesty out of there. It just doesn't. Outside of the fact that they played at Tennessee, what sense does it make?
0: I'm. I don't want to say that I'm done with former Vol hires, uh, but Pruitt and Butch pretty much. I, I think it, it made it obvious with a few of the things that happened there that hiring former Vols is not a silver bullet for something. It's always great to have former guys back around the program and and have.
1: It's a good dudes. PR move.
0: It always is, and and no nobody. If you were to go and hire Monterio Hardesty, yes, people wanted him out at South Carolina, but there's no Tennessee fans that are going to dog you for bringing back Monterio Hardesty. You know that it's going to be a well-liked hire, but it just, first of all, Hypel's not that guy. I don't think he, he never, he has not been in his time in Tennessee. As you said, he really leans towards internal hires and, um, you know, it's just more that type of guy. Uh, and (laughs) I, I don't want to be dismissive of the running backs coach position, but I'll put it this way. It's not your head coach. Like, the, and it's not your offensive coordinator. It's a little more important than an offensive analyst, but at the end of the day, this dude's a recruiter. And that's what I really care about. And, and to our point there, this is a sport that, especially when you're a dog recruiter, it, it'll wear you down. It's tons and tons of work. It's a single man's game. It's a young man's game. It's not easy. It's easier to go to the NFL, uh, as we've already been saying. And so I those guys are still out there. The super hungry, ready to climb the ladder, all about going and, and getting dudes on the recruiting trail, those types of coaches are out there. Go find one. If it's inside, if it's an inside hire, fine. If it's an outside hire, fine. I don't know what it is, but get the guy that's gonna go eat a five-star running back out off the recruiting trailer out of the transfer portal. That's all I really care about because at the end of the day, Josh is gonna make this running back look good in this offense. And I don't, you know, it's neither here nor there, frankly, as far as how the coaching goes. You know, you don't want it to be completely incompetent. But if you're if you are far enough along in this profession to even be considered for the Tennessee running backs coach job you've you've done decently for yourself. I, I trust that you won't, you know, just absolutely drive these guys talent into the ground. Um, and so go, go get a good recruiter. That's what has to happen in the sec, especially if Tennessee really can get the NCAA's rules deemed illegal. And then you can, you know, you can go and really do what you want in in, uh, the NIL space. It's, that's my wish always. That's that's gonna be my wish for anybody, all, all the way up to the coordinator position. Even at the coordinator position, you really gotta be a dogged recruiter. So that's that's really the the bulk of that. And and we can finish with this little tidbit. Tennessee did get uh, an actual recruit this week uh, in in football. It was I had it here. Joe, wait, where? Oh, Crap, I just went off of it. A, a kid who grew up a Florida fan, right? It was a were you texting me about this, Zach, or was this on another group text I had? Yeah, maybe be but, another. Uh, I at least this is this is what somebody told me today. Maybe this is made up, but uh, Joakim Dodson, I I don't think actually named after Joakim Noah, but um, so, somebody told me he grew up a Florida fan, but then chose Tennessee now. Three-star uh, wide receiver in the class of 2025. A full two years out from playing at the University of Tennessee. Not going to spend a ton of time on this, but but always fun to, uh, to have a pickup on the offensive side of the ball for Tennessee. Do you have any thoughts on
1: on Joe Kim? Yeah, I mean, I hope I mean, it would be nice if he was a Florida fan growing up. You've seen Tennessee be on the other side of that far too often. These guys that grew up Tennessee fans did end up elsewhere. So that that's always pleasant when that happens uh, you know this staff's done a really good job of kind of projecting and identifying talent early uh i think they're really good talent evaluators i think that's one of the things about the staff that kind of goes unnoticed i mean there's a few things on the development side some positions we still need to see uh from this staff and i think they would tell you that as well especially on the offensive line and, and some of the secondary positions and hopefully we start seeing that very soon but you, you look at guys like, like a James Pierce, for example. I mean, the reason that Tennessee signed him and it wasn't, you know, that wasn't a big fanfare like like the Jordan Ross signing at all. I mean, it was a nice pickup, and I think we recognized it at the time, but it wasn't like, uh, oh, my goodness, I can't believe they landed this guy. It was because they kind of they, – they, they were in on him pretty early before he kind of blew up, and, and that relationship that they built early – really paid off. And we're seeing that with some of these guys that they end up committing when they're three stars and they end up being, you know, maybe not a five-star elite guy, but in that four-star range. And they, they slowly climb the rankings. So I think they know what they, they want in, in a recruit. They identify it early and they're confident in their ranking or in their evaluations. And, and they, you know, they, they make them a priority. And those relationships that they build those, that's the reason Tennessee's winning these recruiting battles. And the, you can talk all about NIL that you won. Of course, that's a factor and you have to be in that world and, and working all that stuff out. But ultimately, you know, 24 seven sports had a great you know, article recently where they talked with a bunch of recruits anonymously about how much of a factor NIL played in their recruitment. And, and some of those recruits were straight up like, five-star guys like hey you know when a school comes to us and says you know name your number it's almost like a red flag because it's one how do we know that that's legit how do we know we're going to get that because there's a lot of that where there's a lot of trust on the uh player's side uh and and you don't like do you want to get to know me like his how's this going to work i mean these players aren't Dumb. We, we think that it's just like you put a dollar amount on them and that's that's how it, it goes. But it, it's really not. It, it's still about relationships at the end of the day. And I think Tennessee's doing a really good job. I mean, George McIntyre obviously was a tremendous example of that. That that relationship was built a couple of years in advance where they kind of singled him out and said, this is our guy. And that's why even before Nick Saban retired, he was going to Tennessee instead of Alabama, instead of a you know, another big program. So it's, it's just, uh, they're, they're building something sustainable when it comes to recruiting. It's not all the, it's not a, the immediate payoff that we all wanted, but I think it's, it's slowly getting to where it can be a really sustainable model for them. I, I agree. I, nobody wants
0: a, th- a relationship, a player-coach relationship like that to be purely transactional and just be, hey, we're, we're paying you to be here. You better do whatever, you know. Like it is at Ole Miss? Uh, yeah. Um, I'm certain that there is a number of schools that are doing exactly that. And and you're going to get guys in the door that way. They're just going to see dollar signs and they're going to go, absolutely. Hook me up with that check as long as that, you know, as long as the check doesn't bounce, I'll be here. And, and that's fine. And I, I certainly have... I also have the take of you know culture is great, sustainability is great. Also, get these five-star dudes. So whatever it is, I if it is building a relationship and, and doing the, the you know more work like that, great. If it is writing them a fat check, great. <laughs> let do what it takes <laughs> to get him in the door. That's my entire take on recruiting at this point for, for Tennessee. You got to have the elite dudes to win at elite level. I, I can't say that enough, frankly, and uh, it's still true to this day, but I, yeah, I like this pickup. I, and, and it doesn't need to be flashy and, the, and over the top because yeah, I mean, people has made it a point to kind of find guys that when he's first recruiting them, there's like three stars and they finish, you know, borderline five stars sometimes. And so I'm um, hey, cool with me. That's great. Like I said, we're not gonna spend a ton of ton of time on a 2025 recruit as of now. So there's that with that portion of the show. Now let's finish a little bit of Super Bowl talk. It ended up being a Super Bowl that was very Tennessee centric. Obviously, a Tennessee player won. The Super Bowl at Trey Smith. Shout out to him, one of the greats uh, from Tennessee, and and love that he got himself another Super Bowl. But at the same time, I do not love that Juwan Jennings did not win a Super Bowl. We'll talk about it right after I tell you about Zen Sports. We've been talking about Zen Sports all season long. And uh, it is the new sports betting app exclusively in Tennessee. And now when you sign up for a Zen Sports account, you'll receive up to a $1,000 no danger first wager. That's right. When you place your first bet in Zen Sports, you can be reimbursed for the amount of your bet up to a $1,000 maximum if the bet loses. But there's even more good news. Zen Sports is rolling out its brand new VIP rewards program with VIP rewards Uh they allow top tier customers to earn more bonuses, comps, and perks. The VIP program is by invite only. So if you feel your Zen Sports play qualifies for VIP consideration, check out program details at slash VIP. No other sports book will offer you a premier sports betting experience with 24 7 top tier customer support and faster withdrawals like Zen Sports. So what are you waiting for? Get going and download their app at zinsports.com today. Zen Sports betting just got better. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-899-789. Terms and conditions supply must be 21 or older in Tennessee to bet. Zen Sports, huge shout out to them. Been a sponsor for a while now. Go download them. So the Super Bowl was last night. Are we allowed to say that on here? The big game, <laughs> whatever that rule is where you can't, don't say Super Bowl. Um, I know we have we've had ads where we read before where you like can't say Super Bowl an ad. I still don't totally understand that some rights thing with the NFL. Who knows? Um, but it was 49ers and it was the Chiefs and. I said it at the beginning of the show, the whole Taylor Swift thing. I don't really care that much about it's it's uh what did I say? At the it's a gimmick for our wives. That's what it, <laughs> it really is. Um, It's it's set up by the NFL so that they can get a bigger female audience. And boy, did they succeed? Uh, That's right. It's a fake relationship. We all know it. Um, But, <laughs> but beyond that, the actual game itself, incredibly well played. And, and it was super exciting, super close. Well, super exciting in the second half. The first half was kind of boring, but, Super exciting in the second half window over time was great. But this most exciting part of the entire thing is that essentially the best offensive player in the entire game, at least the most prominent, the most, the person that scored the most points in this game was Tennessee's own Jawan Jennings. He threw a touchdown and then caught a touchdown and then almost caught the winning touchdown. He was open for the winning touchdown and Brock Purdy didn't make the throw. And if the 49ers kicker makes the extra point, the 49ers would have won. John Jennings would have gotten himself a Super Bowl and a pretty decent chance he would have gotten himself a Super Bowl MVP. Oh, it's very, very frustrating. Again, congratulations to Trey Smith. Love Trey Smith. Can't stand the Chiefs. Um, I am a hater. I will not deny it. But, um, man, this one hurts. I wanted it for Juwan so bad, man. He's so awesome. He's so awesome. And they just they couldn't come through for our boys act.
1: You know you know with the the crazy just knowing Jawan Jennings and listening to his media session after the game, it's not a surprise. He played like the best game of his NFL career, obviously. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't just the touchdown pass where he was composed because he got rocked. He got hit on that yes. pass and got laid out kinda. It wasn't just the touchdown catch. I mean, he made a big third down catch. I think he had four receptions for the game. He he had a drew a key holding call in, in, in overtime. That if yeah. he does it, the game pretty much ends there because they have to punt. And then then Mahomes and the Chiefs just need a field goal. Uh, blocking as usual, key that guy. All of that played as well as he did, and he did none of that matters to him. Like he only cares that they lost if if he could trade him fumbling three times and having the worst game of his career, but the 49ers win, like he's taking that every day and that's not true of every single player on that field like it's just not like and that's like him or, or not, that's part of why the chiefs were able to win because they they've been there, they had that chip on their shoulder, they just they kind of dug deep they they played like Jawan Jennings and Jawan Jennings needed more Jawan Jennings on the 49ers. I mean they're one of their best players. <laughs> We talked about this before we, we uh, started recording. George Kittle was nowhere to be found. I mean, that like my under ten yards. You're supposed to be one of the biggest stars in the game, and you pretty much just disappear on the biggest stage. I mean, you cannot do that and win a Super Bowl. You got to have your dudes. I mean, Travis Kelsey had a big game. He hasn't played that well this season. Distracted, whatever the heck is has went on with him. We've seen him have some pretty rough games, but for the Chiefs to win that game, he had to come up big in those situations, and, you know, George Kittle just did not. It's tough for Juwan Jennings. You know how much he wanted it. You, you just love the way that guy competes. It. I, I tweeted about it earlier today. It reminded me of the time, you know, say what you will about Jeremy Pruitt and his time at Tennessee, but I'll never really forget the way that he stood up for Jennings, you know. Reinstate yeah. to the team after brady hoke and john curry kicked him off the team because he and i actually went back and watched the uh instagram video today so i was <laughs> saved on my phone of, of jennings calling out the coaching staff because he just effing hates vanderbilt in his words he just <laughs> wanted to play against vanderbilt like he just wanted to play
0: oh, and they man. wouldn't
1: let him but uh and not just that, putting him back on the team, but you know, in his last what what ended up being his last game at Tennessee, the Gator Bowl against Indiana, you know, he was suspended for the first half because he accidentally stepped on a Vanderbilt player. And I remember they they had the Gator Bowl press conference, and there's you know, there's four or five players up there with Pruitt there at two separate tables, and he sets Jennings beside him, you know, there at the podium they asked Jennings the question about being suspended. Jennings answers the question and Pruitt like chimes in. Like they didn't ask him anything. He chimes in. It was like, this is not like Jennings has done everything we've asked him to do. He's been a great leader, the ultimate competitor. He's been everything you could want. This is not like who he is. This is not representative of him. And the situation is not representative of, you know, necessarily worthy of a a suspension. So Pruitt, shouldn't been a head coach, but always appreciated the way he looked out for players. And certainly for Jawan Jennings, like, cause that guy yeah. deserves it above anyone. So hopefully he gets there again because he, you know, after everything he went through with Tennessee carried that 2019 team on his back, pretty much the only reason they won eight games was was because of his presence. Hopefully he gets another chance at it. And he's a restricted free agent going into this off season. So I don't think the 49ers are gonna let him go. They'll, they'll get a chance to match whatever. Come home, Juwan. But uh, <laughs> you know, maybe somebody will throw a big offer at him. I'm sure he he earned some money. But the, the thing about yeah. the 49ers is they know how to use him, though, right? Like yes. they're not they're not trying to force it to him because that's not that's not who he is. Like he's in the he's making plays in the run game. He's springing McCaffrey free for, for a long game. He's doing all those little things that nobody else wants to do. He's not trying to be you know, Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson out there. He he owns his role. So if you do go sign him, you gotta you gotta use him in the right way.
0: Uh for listeners that have been with us for a while now, they know that I've at least this past football season, I have been handing out the the dog alert awards. I don't have this the sound lined up right now, uh like I should have. But there's never been a player in Tennessee football history. I don't think that had more dog in it than Juwan Jennings. And, and <laughs> I had the privilege, thankfully when, you when, know, when I was in the media corps to get to cover Juwan Jennings uh, up close, I've been able to interview him multiple times and, you know, be, be around him in person. And he, he has always been a player who was particularly uh, close, close to my heart because of his hate for Vandy I can't stand Vandy; they're the absolute worst. I've, I Instagrammed it a couple weeks ago when Tennessee beat him in basketball. Uh, I, I put on my Instagram story. I said, uh, v- "Vandy might stink, but it, I love it every time we beat them at anything." I mean, it just, it, it's just it—it's just gratifying because they're annoying. You know, rich kids over there in Nashville—they think they're special. They think, "Oh, we're over here on Weston; we sip out of our teacups with our pinky out." And in Tennessee, goes and slaps them around all the time. I mean, it's always nice, and you could tell that Juwan just had that, had that contempt that I just, well, as you said, his exact words were I effing hate Mandy And I, I just, every, everything about that, just him being like the OG golden plated dog. And the way that he always just like fought for the win. Didn't fight for Juwan fought for the win mm-hmm. for the team. Cause he wanted it for Tennessee. He wanted it for the 49ers last night, just made him so special. And, and I, I love it so much and so uh it that hurt I'm not I'm not gonna lie I really I had no dog in the fight except for Jawan Jennings and Jawan Jennings was my dog in the fight last night yeah. and that, uh
1: it is like a welcome you know consolation prize I guess for Tennessee fans the fact that Jawan really throughout this entire season you know he's 49ers fans have really they've kind of taken over for Tennessee fans and watching him every week and Understanding what he's about, the third and Jawan, you know, nickname that he's picked up because he picks up so many key catches. I mean, they love the guy. They love the way he plays. So no, he didn't get the Super Bowl ring. And and like we said, we know that he would trade everything that happened last night in that game for that ring. But man, it was it was pretty nice to to see him on the stage that big and to be the player that you know one of the players everybody was talking about after the game. It wasn't really Brock Purdy after the game, it wasn't Debo Samuel. It, was, it certainly wasn't George Kittle. <laughs> like we've, we've said, it was, it was Juwan Jennings. I mean, he was in line to be the MVP. If he, you know, if, if, if uh, San Francisco's right guard doesn't bust the protection on that third down play in overtime, Jennings is open for the go ahead touchdown. And, and who knows what happens from there? There's a little more pressure on Kansas city to score. You, you just don't know what happens in that situation. He catches that touchdown. San Francisco wins, I mean, he is the MVP. You know, he's accounting for three touchdowns pretty much their whole offense. Uh, You know, at the end of the day, at least he did get kind of those moments and Tennessee fans got to revel in some of that. You got some references to beating Georgia, even though Jim Nance uh, messed up uh, a few of the details there when he was talking about it during the game. It was still a a cool moment for Jawan Jennings, uh, certainly in the Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, it would have been sweet if Jawan did throw the hail mary to himself in the Georgia game, but that's not what happened. <laughs> isn't that Isn't that what Dan said? Yeah, I think yeah, uh, <laughs> and and
1: and it was like he he threw the pass to Josh Dobbs. I'm sure we've all seen by now in yes, the 2015 in the Florida 40 game. game, which was on CBS. Uh, so it it was partially correct. He just had a, a l- couple of games mixed in there together. Uh, we needed a yeah. uh, needed Vern Lundquist in the booth to relive that one.
0: Oh, Vern. Uh, speaking of a dog sweet sweet <laughs> burn uh but that man that's it dang it i wanted it for Juwan but that's a show for us charlie burris zach reagan thanks to everybody for watching for commenting for hanging out um we will be back wednesday i i assume i guess that's not a 100 percent promise it could be it's but. not
1: a hundred percent. We should add this into Adam Sparks from the Knoxville News Sentinel. I don't think we've even talked about this as just a funny little aside. Two of the attorneys, the NCAA has three attorneys. Two of them are Tennessee alums. I think one got his undergrad at Vanderbilt, law degree at Tennessee, the other undergrad and law degree at Tennessee. So that's a funny little deal there. But Sparks noted that Shame it came on be- you he a judge might not rule from the bench it might be like an opinion that he hands down a couple of days later we really have no idea how it'll come out. i would bet it would probably be from the bench just because the way this is gone so far but we'll see
0: we will see uh should have said it earlier i am no lawyer so who knows exactly what will happen whenever a decision is made zach and i will come back on here and comment about it if it's this coming weekend then it'll just be next monday uh, if it's Tuesday or Wednesday, then it'll be this week. But that is actually it. Just look out for that A to Z Sports National YouTube channel. Thanks again to everybody for watching. We could not do it without you. Appreciate it so much. And we will talk to y'all maybe in a couple of days, maybe next week.
1: See you guys later.